to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 160 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Barry and we are once again doing this via the wonders of Zoom. Uh, on a laptop it doesn't work, but we will hope this records, we will hope this will all work in the end. Yes. Fingers crossed. And failing that, we just need to uh, record that again. <laughs> yeah, failing that, you'll probably find you know a laptop being hurled through the air towards... Dumbarton. Um, Dumbarton. Yeah, Dumbarton, yeah. Just, it's the nearest body of water to me right now. Um, <laughs> So we are doing this a late on a later on a on a Sunday. Are you drinking anything tonight? No, soft juices tonight. I had a few beers last night, so I was feeling a little bit tender this morning. Uh, so what, what about yourself? Um, you can say it's weird how like I had, a, I had like three beers like that all weekend, and I did wake up on Sunday morning feeling really kind of like oh shit, I'm fucked. It's like it was three beers, mm. man. It shouldn't really have fit me that much. Yeah, that was my kind of first like we drink and. A good few months, but yeah. then I go through long periods now of not drinking, and then I do drink, and then the next day I go, ah, you know what? This is just a pure waste of time. But I do enjoy having a wee cheeky beer every now and then. Maybe that's the problem so, because we don't do it all as we used to. That's why our bodies just don't know how to deal with it once we do do it. Yeah, hundred percent. I yeah. I well, can confirm as, that's probably the case. Yeah, well, as much like you, I'm not drinking. It's a Sunday night. I'm working tomorrow, so I'm being you know well behaved. Yeah. So I'm just having a very very tall glass of icy water. Because it is hotter than the sun in Scotland today. Yes, and which is actually it's a it's a pleasant it's a pleasant return to some sort of summer because a few weeks there it was kind of a bit grey and miserable. So it is a nice yeah, return, it's good to see all the. I I am Scottish and therefore not built for this kind of weather. Yes, yes, I don't think many people in Scotland are, but it's nice to see everyone that's been stuck in the house being able to escape it up to my neck of the woods. Yeah. So that is nice. Well, I think it was it last weekend, everyone invaded Ayrshire. Remember all the Glaswegians were in Ayrshire yes. last weekend? Um, so yep. now it's your turn. They're all up in uh, Lockwood <laughs> this weekend. Um, if it's nice next weekend, yeah. God knows where they'll go. You know, maybe maybe, maybe they'll freeze a bit heavy. Um, yeah, <laughs> do, do you think it's just some sort of like big Glasgow tour? It's yeah, like, I think I think it's, a, I, think it's a, I think it's they have to go to certain areas at certain, you know, at least once a year to sort of prove to themselves that they are somehow Scottish. You know, they have to go to Lockwood <laughs> so they can get in touch with their inner Scottishness. They have to go to Ayrshire to prove they're actually a week and a country soul in some way. Uh, and it's the time that you still sit in their Glaswegian homes and, uh, you know, parade is all for being farmers, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, it's, hopefully for yourself, I hope it stays nicer. For me, I hope a little bit cooler when it's probably, I am, a, I am that Grinch who really cannot be fucked with heat. Heat really doesn't work for me. So I, I'll be quite happy if it, mm. if it drops to... Um, a few, a few degrees down, I'd be happy with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Because it gets to the point where it's just like, it's just too hot. It's like you, you can't do anything outside no. or nothing without <laughs> becoming a lobster in about ten minutes. Yeah. I, so. I just, I just sweat, man. I sweat when I breathe, and walking around just makes you sweat yeah. even more. Um, yeah. But we are still in some level of lockdown. The country's still under the whole coronavirus. Uh, this is why we're doing this again by Zoom. Um, cinemas. Again, there seems to be sort of a little bit of movement in, in England and Wales now that they're yeah. opening to some degree. Scotland still seems to be about a week or so behind. So hopefully by the end of the month, we can start seeing movies in the cinema. Hopefully. Yep. Fingers but crossing. Fingers I crossing. Did, I did see a couple of movies as well that have been canned. Have now been, uh, another trailer's been released and they've been given actual like, cinematic release dates yeah. for over here. So that's good. There's a few things going back on the slate that, that sort of disappeared for a while there. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Still big releases are still kind of like sort of a bit less right now. They're still sort of like holding off on day ones. But some of the weird films that don't need quite as big an audience, almost like they're going to be like sort of test subjects, you know, to see how people respond mm. to going back to the cinema. Um, they've been, yeah. they're sort of getting a little bit more time now. So hopefully, he said, hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, things will be back on and, and eventually there might be some level of normality returning to the cinema. Um, I don't think it's likely Aye. it'll be normal, but I think it'd be nice to see. I'd like to see something on a big screen for a change. No. Yes, yeah. and I'm, as I said last week, I'm still very curious about how the cinemas are actually going to do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think it will be very. Much, time will tell. Yeah, I think very much will be. You know, social distancing will be the order of the day, and face masks will be mm. required wearing, as opposed to suggested. It'll be you'll, you'll have yeah. to wear them in the screen. But yeah, we'll return to our usual streaming enjoyments which we've been doing this week um, all these films I think were recently out in the cinema but just oh no they weren't sorry I'm talking rubbish this one the first one film we talked about was Radioactive it was in the cinema literally just as lockdown hit I was think scheduled to go and see oh, it on, that... yeah I think I was going to go and see it on like the Thursday and then cinema started basically uh-huh. saying no we're, we're shutting down so um, I, I, I didn't get to see it because of that but it, it did have a cinematic release at the very, at the sort of very start of the, the lockdown at the tail end of March you know, so it's it, it did get some release. Um, directed by mm-hmm. Marjan Satapi, who mm-hmm. directed a film called uh, Persepolis, which is a kind of animated film all about, um, I believe it's about Israel. What you see, I'm not 100% on that, but it's very interesting. Uh, and also done a film a few years ago called The Voices with Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick and uh, Gemma Alperton, which is a really funny but very dark, dark comedy. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, that's very good. Um, okay. This film is, oh, it's it's a biopic, but it's a biopic based on a comic book, so it's a very specific telling of the Marie Curie story. You know, so it's not based oh, okay, on. Okay, okay. So they, they do specifically say in the credits based on the comic book. So I don't know if it's something to do maybe. Ah, okay. Maybe it's something to do with the structure of the film, or perhaps to do with maybe characters got amalgamated and to make certain characters and all to make push it. But that's obviously it's based on the comic book telling of this Marie, Marie Curie's life. Um, in the film, you've got um, Rosemond Pike, who is playing Marie Curie. Uh, Sam Riley plays her husband, um, who is Pierre. Yeah, Pierre Curie. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You've got Simon Russell Beale playing uh, sort of a. I think it was what he's sort of a. One of the members of the Royal Society who's been sort of very much against what she's doing and all that kind of stuff. And sort of yeah, 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 yeah. And Anya Taylor Joy pops up in it as well as a young. There's a young daughter, I think it is, in it. Um, yes. Yep. So, first things up, poster for this has the tagline, A Rebel in Her Element, which I want to give her a couple of that <laughs> real pat in the back. That was a really good tagline for the movie. I enjoyed that. That was, I wouldn't say the best thing about the film, but it was definitely up there with the things that I enjoyed the most about the film. Um, you could pretty much use that tagline if you were going to reboot the Rambo franchise, but with a woman. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm it works. Well, Rambo it with works. a woman. Jillian um, <laughs> Anderson in the role when I'm there. Um, <laughs> in this film, I would say that I enjoyed Rosemond Pike um, as Marie Curie. I thought she was really interesting. Um, I thought she played the role. She brought commitment to the role. She was definitely not strimping on it. She, she, she brought a real heart and a real sort of reality to the Marie Curie character. Who I think most of us know who Marie Curie is. She discovered radium uh, alongside her husband. Mm. She won two Nobel Prizes but was kind of forgotten in her time, and it was really her husband who got all the credit for it. And she had to sort of really fight yeah. for, for her credit. Um, 
Sam Riley playing her husband, I think, doesn't get enough to do, and I feel like a bit of shame. But then that's kind of the point of the story that he wasn't as big a role as she was. Um, yes. And everyone else is a little bit one-dimensional. No one's really got much room to breathe alongside her. She is the sort of the main crux of the story. Um, yes. Storytelling, I think, for the most part, is it's pretty formulaic. It's, it's done. It's it's a typical biopic. There's nothing really special about it, apart from you have these really odd cutaways to sort of like yeah. what her work brought about. So it was something like it was like sort of radiation treatment for cancers. Then it was stuff like um, the atomic bomb and then the hydrogen bomb and all that kind of thing. You're kind of going, felt very kind of, I felt, number one, I felt unnecessary and I felt a bit weird within the structure of the film. Um, what do you think of it? Yeah, so that was, you just touched on a point I was going to touch on. that. Those kind of cutaways I found were very unnecessary. You know, it's a uh, yeah, very distracting. It's like if you happen to have not been looking at the screen when it made the transition, you'd be sitting there going like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. And even like the cat, uh, the cat tail end of the movie when she was walking in the hospital ward, oh. and like she's seen everyone on the bed. You're a bit like. Uh, this doesn't really fit. This seems like kind of randomly shoehorned in to justify right. the cutaways. And that's what uh, I'm almost thinking. Is that but, part of the structure of the comic book? Maybe the comic book they have that? Maybe it's her walking through the future or something? Maybe to try and sort of explain to people which... Yeah, maybe yeah. That's why maybe that's why it's in the film. But yeah, I found that... Cause yeah. I feel like anyone watching it who doesn't know... I think everyone knows uranium bad. You know? Yeah. You don't really need to tell us that it's bad. You know, so I felt like then no. the show by way it makes bombs. It's like we, we can, everyone kind of knows that. Yeah, no fifty cents to see an atomic bomb getting dropped. Well, that's a bargain. I'd like to see that. It's a bargain. Yeah, I mean, I think Las Vegas yeah. built sort of whole industry on that for a long time. It was like known as like sort of like the radioactive city or something. You could you could see all the sort of mushroom clouds oh, really? and stuff like that from Vegas before Vegas became like sort of a high for gambling. It was sort of like that sort of thing. Then all then all of a sudden that's what built it even more up into what it what it became. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh yeah, outside of those random cutaway bits, yeah, I thought the story was okay. You know, it was it was fine, you know, it kinda moved along at a steady pace. It would have been nice if the car done away with the cutaways and maybe showed you a wee bit more what she'd done yeah, what she'd done in kind of like World War One with yeah. her daughter. Uh-huh. I found that like more appealing to myself than these just random cutaways that we kind of like these moments in history that we all kind of know about anyway. I agree. You know? No, I agree. That's what I thought as well. Like the, the moments of what uranium can do or, or radium can do, that's we know that. It's like I didn't know she was a nurse on the, the front lines at one point. I didn't know she'd done that. I didn't know that was what, yeah, you know, what I've got technology went to. So that would perhaps be a more interesting story and even, even use that more as a framing device for the story. Mm. Um, because outside of that, it was like we said, just a typical um, biopic. It just it just ticks all the boxes of what a biopic should be. You know, down a lot at the start, yeah. get some recognition. You got to fight for recognition, and you got to you know reprove it almost. And it's like the it's just it's it's all very sort of you could almost see what's coming. Pick it pick it by the box, you know, and and, and what you're expecting. So I suppose in a way, what it does, I think, was was good as the comic book might do this as well. Where it's a way of getting people to know, maybe younger people, knowing who this person is. So maybe it's idea to try and get them to go and rediscover or discover more about who Marie Curie was. She's just she's a pretty amazing person. 
Um, yes. This does feel very much like Marie Curie 101. It's, it's sort of like, it's more if you want to go and find out something, go and look elsewhere for it. And maybe that's why I didn't get as much out of it. For a man who collects comics, um, would you see yourself picking this comic up if you ever seen it? No, I probably wouldn't. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I, I do like them for a certain audience. I think, a lot, I think kids can get a lot of them. Like, sort of, there's been a rash, a run of these recently of, of like, sort of telling about historical figures in graphic novel form. And I do like the idea of it. Right. It's, sort of, it's a way to tell history in an interesting and sort of unique way. It's not just speaking through the text. Me personally, when I'm reading history, I enjoy getting a book about history and just sort of delving into it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than, rather than this, but I think it's a good idea because, like, I can imagine giving it to my niece, for example, who's like twelve years old. She might get more yeah. out of it than reading a book, you know. You know, if you see this, um, and I think I think there's a few more I've done. I think there's one for like um, Harry Tubman and stuff as well. So definitely, it's a, it's a way of getting right. into it, um, into it more. But um, not personally for myself, but I can see it's, it's, a, it's a good, it's a strong idea for for a medium. I'm sure there was a guy, I can't remember his name now, that's really bad, but he done like a string of either like kids' books or like graphic novels, and it was called something like Everyday Heroes, and it was all about people who just lived like normal lives, but they'd done like, like exponential things within yeah. their little life, you know, right. and it was kind of aimed at kind of younger people to show that you don't need to be a fucking celebrity. It's like, and all that kind of stuff is like, you can have a normal life and live a fulfilling life at the same time. Like, I can't, I'm honest, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, and it's that's really poor off. But the guy who, who discovered this, who created the smallpox vaccine, he still works as a mm. teacher. Yeah. So we, we're doing that almost in his spare time, and then he basically found the cure for smallpox, eradicated smallpox in the world, and then gave the, the vibe and gave the remedy away for free. He didn't want to make any money on it because he's like, well, no, it's something that should help humanity. It's not for personal gain. Aye, aye. I, I, I and an idea. There's a... Hold on, let me just get the fellow's name. I've literally just Googled it. Edward Jenner. Is that the... Is that right? The small guy. guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, aye, there's a lot of that kind of stuff with... Uh, in, like, Brazil. Uh, there was, like, a cancer treatment uh drug and it was costing and it was meant to cost like thousands of dollars because it was filtering through america uh-huh. and then all brazil, all brazil done was they bought a batch of it and then just recreated it themselves uh-huh. and just was like we don't we don't honor your copyright like uh-huh. laws and just pretty much just ignored america and then just started pumping out these drugs because the country's poor as it is uh-huh. so you know, they can't afford to have like people dying of cancer just because they can't afford like the drugs. Aye. So it so, seems to be all kicking off. Aye, so they they can have books like, so they they're they are really interested to keep kids interested in and history and, and bring these sort of characters to the forefront. Especially women like women and um, people of colour. It's particularly important because yeah, yeah. they are much sort of they're pushed very much to the fringes in, in a lot of history. Um yeah. Like I said, the Marie Curie, all I really knew about it was she discovered radio with her husband. Um, and mm. that's about it. I know, I know she died of radio, radiation poisoning because of mm. what she did. And I know her notebooks are still like radioactive. You can't touch them um, because they are still so oh, really? like deadly. They're, like, they're under like lead glass and stuff like that and, and I think somewhere in France. Um, oh, so I knew that. Nice. I, like, I didn't know about the whole nurse thing and everything. So that been really, that's sort of an interesting point to our story. But the film itself, like, like back to the film, it's, it's a very standard biopic. The cutaways are odd and strange. don't really work for me. don't need to work for you either. 
but overall, it, it's mm. not a bad film. It's it's a decent, enjoyable film with a really strong performance. I thought from uh, Rosamund Pike. I thought she was very good in it. As she's been in most things. She's in, she's always a very good actress. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Agree with you. Out of ten, can you give it? What do you want? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it seven. You know. Nice. Yeah. I'm yeah. slightly down on that. I'm gonna go six and a half. Oh. Since I don't think it's good enough to be a seven. A seven seems to indicate a real point of quality. Six and a half means it's just it's a wee, a wee bit down. A wee bit down. But a, a nice enough watch. Um, <laughs> on, on to the next film. Um, so should say radioactive is available on Amazon. Um, in fact, all these films this week are on Amazon. That's what we're looking this week. Um, the next one is an Amazon film. I believe it's an Amazon original. Um, it came out, I think, last year. I hadn't seen it pop up until now, so I'm just kind of scanning through it. And that film is called Blow the Man Down, uh, directed by Bridget mm. Savage Cole and Danielle Trudy. Um, when I look at the CV, nothing really jumps out that I know of them from, so there's really nothing that I, I can really recommend. It seems to be yeah. all. Um, it seems to be all stuff from like short films and stuff they've done. So this is sort of a major breakout sort of um, sort of chance and hit. Um, what of this one is there's a town in New England, and it's sort of a typical fishing village, very sort of insular, very everyone seems to know everybody. Uh, there's two sisters. Mm. Their mother's just passed away and have been left at a hotel, um, like a bed and breakfast. One of you is in a bar one night. Some guy comes on to her. I think it might be like a sort of guy she's a fling with in the past. She ends up accidentally, on purpose, killing him um, when he pursues her mm-hmm. too much. And it's the two sisters trying to cover up the the body and the death. And also, at the same time, you get like, a story within the town of the local whorehouse, which is run by like mm-hmm. a, a woman. Um, sort of like they always try to kick her out of town because they now don't want it in, in the town. But there's like sort of a, a cabal of Older ladies who sort of have a have a say on everything that happens in the town. So it's like it's kind of weird kind of sort of murder mystery thriller going on in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I totally cast, got the vibes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Continue, cast, continue. Morgan Saylor, who everyone might know from Homeland, um, and mm-hmm. Sophie Lou, uh, Sophie Lowe, she they play two sisters. June Squibb plays sort of one of the. She's a wee kind of really proper old looking lady, the one who looks like sort of looks like yeah. Kind of, you know, so she was about 90 years old. Um, you got Annette O'Toole, who has just been Smallville, and you've got even Boss Bacharach, who plays the arsehole boy Ben who gets killed. Um, what were you going to say, sorry, Luke? What were you going to say regarding this one? Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to agree with you. It's got total vibes. I, when I was sitting there watching that, I was getting the vibes of uh, Knives Out. It's got that kind of same kind of tone all the kind of stories within stories unraveling yeah. how people are connected and all that. That's what I was getting from it. I think it, I think it nice out, but I got like um, more like Home Brothers. You know, ah, things yeah, yeah. like Home Brothers Where Art Thou and like Miller's yes. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that sort of like, yeah. lots of very cookie, odd, weird characters that don't really seem to exist in the real world all can implement yeah, it in yeah. this sort of one little town. Um, so and it's I thought it was a really decently well done black comedy. I thought it was, it was really it was it's it really good and interesting twists and turns that kept you guessing for most mm. of the film. You didn't really know where it was gonna go. But at heart it is also it really darkly funny at times as well. 
like some of the one liners yes. people see yeah, are, yeah. they're really they're really cutting and, and really biting. Especially when you see like June Squibb, who is must be about ninety years old, just coming out with some of the most sort of like <laughs> deadpan put downs in people. It's like, oh it's like it's like you and your granny say you're like, Oh my god, that's so I can't imagine my granny saying something like that. Someone would be so harsh to hear it coming from like an old lady like that. Um and she is actually ninety years old. I, I know she, she she was up for an Oscar like two or three years ago. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, she's been she's been around for ages. She's been around for like decades, obviously. She, um, but yeah, she's a real she's found a real kind of niche recently of these sort of like kind of off kilter indie films where she's sort of this something like a, a grandmother, but just a grandmother like a, not a foul mouth or can just say what she wants. Um, yeah, yeah. Not only yeah, like yeah. she was very good. I thought the rest of the cast were good. I thought the two sisters had really good sort of chemistry between them. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought the rest of the ladies in the town were also very good. Maria Margulies was excellent as a sort of the the, the whorehouse owner. She's she sort of a real kind of she, she holds a stature when she's she's talking and moving around, and you can understand why people in the town are a bit afraid of her. And the and the, 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 the kind of fear with her. Um, mm. It does get a bit muddled in the final act. It's all, it's just sort of, it doesn't quite stick the landing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it felt like it. it because it done so much in the first two acts, when it tried to sort of just can like finish it all off in one sort of fail swoop, that felt a little bit mm. rushed, a little bit sort of like, oh, okay, maybe it's done a, maybe tightened up a little bit there. But then you get the final, the final twist at the very end is also very funny, and that works really well. That sort of helps to really tie it up together. Um, yeah, absolutely. Generally, like, absolutely. Generally, I thought it was really interesting, really well done film. Um, I didn't even mind the singing of it, the, the, the old sea shanties that kept popping up in it. That was sort of so rant. That's when it felt very Cone Brothers to me. You just people just sort of wondering, yeah. just singing through the scene, and you're like, that makes no sense in this world. Well, we watched it together, and Stacey absolutely fucking hates a, she- a sea shanty. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but it's just funny because we're sitting in the past. She doesn't like sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Alaska, Alaska, Alaska. ones are finished. <laughs> but the like, problem was that we were sitting... one time. She's like never, never forgive him or something. <laughs> she once met an amorous Maybe. dolphin or something. <laughs> <laughs> That way she never went to like flogging Molly or drop kicks with us because they essentially do sort yeah. of almost like sea shanty. She's like, no, I'm not doing that shit. Even, even if it's yeah, pumped up, too, clo- too close. <laughs> too close. <laughs> she's, she's got some sort of PTSD about sea shanties. Other than that, does she like it or does she not like it? <laughs> uh, she thought it was all right. She thought the movie was okay. Quite like an interesting plot, she thought, you know. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was like it's like a, quite a quirky film. Yeah. It's uh, I don't think this is one for everyone, but it was nice to see such a, eh, such a, pretty much the whole entire film evolves around women. Yes. You know? Very good point. Actually, I never, I didn't even think to mention that there yet. So it's every guy in it is pretty much despicable and or a complete utter fool. Like the two police officers, yeah. they're basically the, the two police officers are basically idiots. You know, they can't, they couldn't find a way out of wet paper bags. Um, Which I, I believe every, in small towns. I, every person in power and every person who holds any sort of authority is, is, is a woman. That's 100%. Yeah, mm. that's right. So it was cool to see that kind of aspect, yeah. you know, how, but done well, yeah. not done in the kind of way of like the kind of 
female Ghostbusters where it's like the guy is just a bumbling idiot. Like uh-huh. every guy is very forgettable in this movie. Yeah. You know, because they're just background fodder or they're just there to move the move the story on just a bit. Aye. You know? Kind of the same way like, you know, itself, the way you've been for women in film for years, you know, you can have a film that's got, like, you know, five lead actors and one woman who's only really there as sort of, like, a plot device. You know, the guys yeah. in this film seem very much more like they're the plot devices. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. the whole crux of the story and the whole crux of the enjoyment of the film comes from the, the, like, the female characters. Which, and, but there's nothing really made about the fact that they are women, I think, for the most part. Yeah. Which I, which I, thought, yeah. Was, which I thought was well yeah. done. You know, it wasn't, they didn't make a big deal about it. You know, there's a sense no. you maybe overlook the old lady because she's an old lady. You don't, want, you don't think they're up to anything, but you figure out pretty early on that they are up to something. Um, but that would be how yeah. you will look at it at the beginning. But no, I, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a really interesting and um, I thought a really strong point that actually is a film all about women. Yeah, yeah. Nice. nice. Um, uh, what are you giving it out of 10? Uh, seven and a half. Ooh, nice. I'll give this seven again. Seven again. Strong week for you so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't yeah, know, I didn't yeah. notice when we wrote them all down, but like radioactive, strong female in, in that film. Blow the man down, lots of strong females in that film. And the next one, the final film of the week, is another film very female centric. Mm. Look at us, man. We are, we are so woke. Uh, so the last <laughs> film is uh, How to Build a Girl. Um, how to Make. How to Build a How to Make. How to Build a Girl. Um, directed by Koki Gidrig. Koki Gidrig, yeah. Um, she did a film. She did a TV film, a TV series called Harlots, and she also directed Sherlock and done lots and lots of other TV. Um, but this is a sort of feature film debut, though. Um, the yep. plot of this film is: it's a young girl living in Wolverhampton, who dreams of being yes. something bigger. She wants to be a writer. She wants to move on from it. She's set in like the eighties. Um, she ends up going down to London and starts working for a music magazine. But she is in a school. She's outcast. She's a Kind of overweight, no one really likes her girl. She just wants to prove she's better than everybody. Uh, while working at NME, yeah. she becomes essentially sort of like the bad bitch of music journalism. Um, mm. And her story goes from there. She has to create this persona in order to sort of survive and get by in the, the harsh industry of, of music journalism and how that yes. changes her, her perception of herself, her family perception of her, and also the world in general's perception of her and how, and, and how that changes how she sees everybody in the world. Um, it's partly based on yeah. a true story, or loosely based on a true story. It's based on uh, Caitlin Moran's uh, book by the same title, and she wrote the screenplay as well. Ah, okay. So is that about is that about Kate's experience then? I think so. Yeah, it's about. I think. I think it's mostly true, but with sort of it's been hyperbolized yeah. when you know to try and make it sort of more cinematic. Yeah. And same with the book, I think as well. But I think the, the general crux of her going down to London, joining enemy, taking on the Sort of other persona essentially and stuff like that's mm. all totally true um and becoming like the way she like against her writing she only really writes shit about people she doesn't really write anything nice that became yes. something that she was she was well known for just sort of basically trashing everybody um i think the thing that they say in the film about the peril jam the one about was it um eddie vera should copy to rip to rip one more thing off from nirvana by by buying a shotgun you know so um, I think that was one of her lines. So she 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 pretty she cuts to the bone. So yeah yeah yeah. Um, in the film you got Benny Fein, uh, Benny Feinstein who was in Booksmart last year, in my favourite film of last year. She plays the sort of the main the main character, the, the sort of Caitlin Moran substitute. 
Patty Constantine mm -hmm. plays her dad. Sarah Solmani plays her mum. Uh, Laurie Kinnison popped up as well. Michael Sheen pops up in it. Gemma Arpton pops up in it. Uh, sort of like figments of, of imagination that are on a wall that she talks to in order to get, in order to feel inspired. Um, and also so Alfie Allen. He plays a, the sort of the, the first person she interviews, the, the, the music star that she's kind of calls for. Yes, uh, John Kite's name is in the film. Yes, I think he's made up, but he's not real. I think he's made up. Um, well, he's a he's a real artist. He just does hasn't done a lot. That really? is a gentleman. That, I I googled him just to make sure. Uh, that is a gentleman called John Kite, but he just hasn't done a lot. He does he does like jazz or something. Oh, all right, okay. What if if you've got Spotify, he's on Spotify. If you want okay. to listen to him, I can have a look. Um, <laughs> First thing I say about this film is it is a film full of utterly dislikable people. Yes. Like, not a single person in this film I found likable. Yeah, yeah. Even, I was about to say, I I even like the dad, but then... The dad, the dad I'll give a pass. Yeah, e but even to a point, I'm a bit like, oh, you know what, you've got a family now, you, you know, you should probably knuckle down and just forget the dream. The dream's yeah, over. He, he, he had a bit of a selfish prick, but there is, I think there's real heart to him. I think that's the only person I would say is like, I would I would actually say he's likeable in some way. I can imagine. But everyone else, like, obviously, um, the main, like, Beanie Feldstein's character, she is just, she's, for the most part, horrendous throughout it. Like, just, yeah. she will stomp on anyone's throat to get ahead, and she just doesn't really seem to really care about anyone all the way through it. The people she works with, all the guys who work for NME, they're just fucking the worst human beings on the planet. Yes. And most of the rock stars yeah. she interacts with are pretty much the worst as well. So it's like nothing, no one. So the problem for me is like, I didn't really know whose side I was supposed to be on when I was watching this. I think the idea is you're supposed to be on her side, but I found her mm. so dislikable, I really found it really hard to like her and, and to really care for what, and care and even root for what she was doing, like, you know, to actually, you know, to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. When I was watching this, um, you hadn't watched it at the time, and I do remember texting you saying that. The movie takes a drastic, like, it's kind of chugging along in, like, fourth gear, doing about 30 mile an hour, then all of a sudden they plant the foot in the accelerator, like, about halfway through this movie, and you're like, where the hell did this come from? It's, it feels I, like I'm not even watching the same movie. I, and, it, I, that's, and I was just the, about like, what? I, there was, it felt there were scenes missing. Yeah. You know, like, a yeah. little bit of connective tissue to go from, rather than going from A to E, Give me a wee bit of B and yeah. C, just so I know where, because like you said, it goes from 30 to 90, and you go, you've got to go up yeah. through the gears, you can't just rattle in, you know, and nag the with you, and it felt like there was scenes missing that, you, that may explain why she became the person she was, why certain mm. people didn't like her as much, and why the story went in certain directions, but yeah, it did seem like the, there was a, a real jump in this, like almost like cut, like say, the, event, right? the film's not moving quick enough, just cut 10 pages out of the screenplay, and we'll, and we'll go from there, you know, and then yeah. we left them in the cut yeah. the floor, and it's like, well, it kind of needs something to sort of indicate where she's where she's going. Aye. Like she goes from Aye. like if I can think about it in the film, she wants to have sex with someone, and she's in, she's definitely wanting to do that, and she's like, she's very excited to do that. She then has sex with one guy, and she goes from that to essentially just banging any human being she can find. And like surely there yeah. has to be some sort of like middle ground where she like sort of has a wee bit more kind of experimental stage, and then you know and before I, she gets to the phone absolutely mad. And all the way through it, I kept on just sitting there going. Is she still a child? Is she still sixteen? Like how much time has passed here? Yeah. I mean, like, 
thing, come on, because the people that she was like rubbing shoulders with, they were not like kids. They were like minimum early twenties, and you're like, Aye. this is a sixteen year old girl. I'm yeah. like, come on, fuck. you know. Um, yeah, other thing, the know, film, you know. the film thinks is a lot smarter than it actually is. You know, it's thrown a lot of lines around mm-hmm. thinking they're very sort of. Um, sort of noble and they're going to be printed on t-shirts in years to come as being sort of really clever and just mm. to me it came off just really smug um, it didn't come yeah. out it didn't come out feeling like it was sort of it's not like almost famous lines where I think those lines are almost famous that you would put in a t-shirt you know pulp, and in Pulp Fiction and obviously any time you know from the lines you go that's a great line and that, that, I'm with you mm. on that but this just feel like they're, they're trying too hard to reach that kind of, yeah. to get the dialogue it would go on a t-shirt or yeah, a poster yeah exactly it's like they're trying to make quotes out of nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I just found the film. It just, it doesn't really portray women in a good light. Almost, it's like I know it is loosely based on her experience oh. coming up and also writing for the magazine. But you're just a bit like uh, in this kind of day and age, it's just a bit. I don't, I don't know. Me sitting here being a thirty-four-year-old guy, maybe this isn't the film for me. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I'm not the audience for it. I have no idea. But to me, it just came across like what you're essentially saying is that women will literally do literally anything to get the job. You know? uh-huh. And if that means like sleeping with people, then so be it. You know, yeah. that's what essentially you're saying. The, she literally shagged the first person's interviews. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that, that has terrible journalistic ethics right there from the very start. You know, if you look at the person who's interviewed in the first day. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, so, and I, I, I wasn't really in, enough into the sort of like the music industry in the nineteen nineties to really know where these people accurate to what they are. I mean, I know Enemy were seen as pretty poncy and a bit sort of like up their own yes. arse, and I think they essentially got that. But where they mm. as horrendous as it made out to be, I, I really don't know. And um, so it mm. felt again like her again hyperbole to try and make all, all the guys. And the problem is when all the guys in this film are pretty one note as well yes but they, they, they play a bigger role in the film in the sense that it's a crime that there's no sort of self, every guy's the same they're all basically dicks exactly and all that kind of like upper class kind of poncy way as well like aye. there's nobody there's nobody really in that office that's like kind of well grounded and kind of like I said, it's just the, the movie just seemed to kind of like leap and jump really forward. It's like nobody kind of took her under the wing or nothing. Apart from that kind of, uh, that guy that she ends up with from the office, he kind of took her under his wing in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it's just, yeah. yeah. Right. This was like a throwaway film for myself, I found. Yeah, I think. I don't I, think I'd recommend I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, you know. I mean, um, Stuart something on the podcast. He says he's a massive fan of the book. He said the book is excellent. He said the book's a really funny, dark, okay. witty book. And he watched the film and, yeah, he, yeah. Was not, and he, he said he was not impressed either. He really didn't capture what the book was about. Um, he felt like yeah. kind of a real feeling of it. Well, I always said that about uh, High Rise. Remember that yeah. film from a few years back? Uh, the book is absolutely tremendous. Mm. Well, I highly recommend it if you find it. Um, but yeah, the movie just fell flat in its face. So I'm I, hoping that the book for this is very much, much better. I I really like the high rise film. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Well, of the yeah, time. yeah. But I, well, I there the was book. nothing. Oh, there was nothing wrong with the film. It's just yeah. the book just gives you a bit more 
brilliant yeah. friend to it, you know. There's a, there's a, I'll, yeah. I'll, Jill likes to read, all great likes to read a book before she sees a film, whereas I'm, I'm usually the opposite of it. I'm quite happy if I've not read a book before, I won't go searching for it before we see a film. I'll just read it afterwards. Um, yeah. It's a point I try to read any time we go and see a film based on a book, she'll read the book before we go and see it. Aye, of course, of course. Yeah. Though sometimes it can end up backfiring. Um, so, aye, but um, I really like High Rise actually. Um, how, to build yeah. a girl, how to build a girl, what do you give it out of 10? Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it 6. You know, because I, I was so I was so up for this film because it was like about the music industry and all that, and I thought the soundtrack's going to be kick-ass and kind of just fell away, to be honest. You yeah, know? I'm the same. It wasn't the film that I thought it was going to be. You know? I think that's right. Maybe it's not, maybe it's, we expected something else from it. I think maybe that's the, the problem. Um, but in that being said, all people I've said who have you know, I've seen it who are into the industry and, and knew what the film was about, have not been that impressed with it either. It's been, it's, oh, sure well, I, thought, I thought Jenny Felstein played the role very well because she, but I didn't like the character, but she played the character well. She was consistent with the character. Um, but other than that, I thought I just, that the film just didn't impress me at all. And I, I, I'll give it five and a half out of ten. Five out of ten. Oof. Week. Um, next week, some interesting stuff. We have got on Sky Movies. It's been released uh, two, a couple of days ago. Is one called The Assistant, which is a sort of it's a very indie, almost art housey film regarding like sort of a girl working at a job in the in the film industry, and there's a sort of Weinstein character in the background. Sort of dominating mm-hmm. their life, and um, so I watched it today. Probably out next week. Interesting movie. And um, you also got Thanks on nice. Netflix, Desperados, which is a. Remember the film a few years ago, or maybe remember, like ten years ago, called Road Trip, when the guy done a sex tape and he had any sense his girlfriend by mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's basically that, but a girl. She sent. She got out to oh. date with a guy. She likes him a lot. He doesn't email her back, so she sends this really shitty email to him about how he's an arsehole and a dick and what doesn't want to see him again. Turns out he's actually in like a jet ski accident or something, um, and he oh, just woke fuck. up. He just but he's not. He's in the hospital in like Mexico, so she's got to try and get uh-huh. from like wherever she is to Mexico to, take, to get to his phone to destroy it before anyone before she before he sees the email. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah so basically, enough. basically road trip, but with women essentially. So yeah, I think it's just slow as normal. in modern times, you can actually delete an email you've sent if you're quick enough before the other person enough, yeah. opens it and reads it. Yeah. I assume they'll work their way around that somehow. And also one yeah, on Amazon yeah. is one called Honey Boy, which is all about, um, it's sort of a loose telling of Shia LaBeouf's childhood. It's not it's not strictly autobiographical, but it's taking large elements of his life as a child actor and his relationship with his father. Um, and okay. in, and then the film. Look, it got amazing reviews. I'm actually really, in, in, again, cinema. Think it much a release because of yeah. um, the art house element of it, but really heard really strong things about it. So I'm going to sit and watch that this week as well. Nice, nice. So, Look forward tell to it. Yeah, all the usual social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. So for this week, I've been Richard, you've been Barry, and you've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.